Please remember the views and opinions expressed by this show or any other show on DV Radio and its guests are strictly those of said individuals and do not reflect those of the DV Radio staff nor the staff of dysfunctional veterans. The following includes conversation relating to cryptocurrency. The information provided and discussed is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Any use of any information is done so at your own risk. DV Radio LLC, as well as the hosts and guests of the show, take no responsibility if you wish to use any of the information in your daily life. Again, the topics discussed are strictly for informational and educational purposes only. I am Chris, the CEO. My name is Paul. I'm the COO. I am Chris, a.k.a. Little Chris, the Chief Technical Officer of Affinity Innovations. Our long show, we will talk about Affinity, crypto in general, EFI, blockchain technology, technology, uh, and just talk about anything, whatever the hell we feel like talking about. Get to know us at a little more personal level. Babbling nonsense. Is there cursing rules <laughs> or anything? No, you say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I think they'd be more worried if you didn't curse. <laughs> <laughs> show me the money! Show me the money! Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Affinity Protocol right here on WDVRDVRadio.net and live on Twitch. It is the first Affinity Protocol of the new year, 2024, so welcome to the next revolution around the sun. Yeah, I already fucked that up at work, too. What? You know, I mean, you know... You always did it in like school, like oh, middle school, high school, new yeah. year. You start writing the date like just wrong, beginning of the year. Same thing for me today. Um, I, I have a laptop that I used for uh, like you know vulnerability scanning stuff like that. Yeah, I gotta update all the definitions and and plugins and, and shit like that. And I'm I'm updating them. I have my little notebook that I write down all the info from, so that I gotta do some scanning on some stuff. I you know generate my report. I have all the information right there. Every single one of them wrote January 2023 for the updated <laughs> definitions and shit like that. Every single one of them. <laughs> and what's even worse is it's so it's yeah, I do in a spiral notebook and you know in, a, in an in an attempt to be organized, I used a fresh notebook like a, a fresh motherfucker right. Oh, so like yeah. page page one, I wrote the wrong date. And if you know anything about them spiral notebooks, man, like I feel like it's like timber from back in the day where they just or, or lumber, not timber. But, you know, it's just not made the same as it used to be, man. Like these are notebooks, you tear one page out like that spiral is just absolutely fucking ruined. Oh, yeah. So like now oh, like, mangles. Oh, yeah, dude. So, and like there's somehow the, the paper is just stuck in there and never coming off like a bad tattoo. So like I basically have a completely useless notebook at this point. Already fucked it up, man. First day back after <laughs> after the break. That's how you start a year off. Yeah, that was that was the big, that was the first thirty minutes of work this morning. At least everything else should be automated, you know, with with those fancy computers and shit these days. So the you know NTP servers and everything will switch over on the cell because that's where you don't want to screw up that date. You know, so I mean, I, I feel as though if we haven't advanced past the Y2K scare, then we're not doing all that great as a society. Damn, I can't believe that was 23 years ago. Yeah, man. I mean, holy shit. Almost a quarter of a century ago, we had the Y2K scare where we just didn't know if any of our computer systems were going to work as soon as the clocks changed. Well, I have a funny story about uh, 
going into the uh, new millennium. Yes, but first, yeah, I just have to, I have to point something out about that whole Y two K scare thing. Yeah, yeah. Tell me why. Tell me why people on the East Coast was was honestly worried about it when like the new year had already happened in other countries around the world, and like we knew that there wasn't any problems. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> like. I mean, like, like I, I took full advantage of that fact with with my son because you know he wants to he, he he's almost five, so yeah. you know he's trying to stay up late, and I'm like, hell yeah, you can stay up late, you can stay all the way up until midnight. And my wife looked at me like she about to fucking kill me, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, just like watch this, like nine fifteen rolls around, which is late as shit for him, so he's barely keeping it together as it is. And I just go on to YouTube and I pull up the London fireworks from the ball drop. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're about to do it. And we did like the whole countdown <laughs> and everything. Watched like five minutes of fireworks. And then like that was it. He was he was done after that. But then like that thought hit me where I was like. How come like because I, I still remember because I, I was 10 years old, so I, I tried to stay up till midnight that year. And I, I remember like. People were still talking about it, like come like yeah. 10, 11 o'clock at night. And I'm. Now that I, in hindsight, I'm like, yo, there was like mad other countries that knew like nothing was wrong. So like, <laughs> how, how was we, how was everyone still worried at 1159 on December 31st, 1999, when like half the fucking world was already like, oh, we good? Well, that's because, you know, you know, us, us Americans like to think that the world revolves around America, right? <laughs> and not only that, to make matters worse. Boston and New York are, are like the worst for it, right? We we think we're, you know, we are the country. So, you know, I get it from I that mean, stance. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. So let me let me tell you a little story about I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. New Year's two thousand. So let's go back in time. Let's go time. back, right? I wish I had the, the, the noise right there. Where Back to the future. Um so keep in mind at this time I was 20. I was about to turn 21 a month later. And I was in active duty at the time, down in Florida. My brother lived down there with me and and uh um uh, my my girlfriend who was about to be my wife. And uh we're like, hey, it's New millennium, crazy, you know, doing what young people normally do on New Year's and, you know, enjoying a few beverages and that kind of thing. And the clock's about to strike midnight. My brother looks at me and he goes, ah, We're streaking! We're streaking! <laughs> hey, man, we came into this world naked. We need to go into the new millennium. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> And I said, you know, he's like, you won't do it. I said, fuck, I won't. Oh, God. So I strip butt ass naked. I run out the front door of his house. <laughs> yelling happy new year. I get close to the road. I start running towards the road and I am not joking. A cop drove by <laughs> right as I went into the road <laughs> and I stopped short, looked right at him. He looked at me, he gave me the head nod and drove away. <laughs> <laughs> but if if there is one thing I've learned with being your friend over the years, it's that like 
Now, now old, old man, old man Chris right now, <laughs> you might you might try to pretend you as spry as you once was. Probably True. gonna be doing dumb shit now. No. But if there's one thing I've learned, it's if you came up to old man Chris when he was in his 20s, you could get that dude do about anything <laughs> on a fucking bet or a dare. All I gotta say is you won't do it. <laughs> I mean, it, that was like the original, like, no balls. <laughs> and that was tw- in, in his 20s, old man Chris just going at it. <laughs> oh, it was great. We laugh about that all the time. But again, I was 23 long years ago. Good times. Come a long way since then. Um, I did, I'd like to think you have. You're old now. I did not do that this year. Um, basically, uh, did what I'm doing now and what I do just about every other night after hanging out with the family for a little bit and then sat at the computer, did some work. Uh, played a little bit of games, I think, with, with the, with the boys after midnight and then went to bed. Oh, I didn't play no games with you. No, you didn't. You didn't. I don't know where you were. I was watching some TV show with the wife. I don't even remember what it was. (laughs) Speaking of where you were, where's Chris? Nope. I thought I was going to get a reaction from him. Yep. He muted. He is here. Uh, if anybody's wondering, Chris is uh, actually here, but I don't know where he is. Still enjoying my vacation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There you go. All right. When'd you get back? Well, I'm talking about vacation from work. That's what I mean. Oh, so you're going to go back today? No. No. All right. All right. Yeah, I'll go back till Monday. Oh, damn. It's a vacation right there, dog. There he is. All right. Well, sign me up for that, man. We just, we just, at work, we just changed our time and expense reporting. So you got mad people being like just confused as hell on what the hell they're doing to fill out a time card. It's pretty funny. Yep. Speaking of which, that's the exciting part of, uh, you know, my next couple of weeks is getting all of our finances all lined up and ready to, to submit to the IRS and everybody else that wants it. You want a financial statement. You want a financial statement. <laughs> Everybody gets a financial statement. Yeah. It's good shit. Chris, what'd you do for New Year's? Relaxed. That's really about it. I mean, but that's a good thing to do, man. Yep. All right, old man. So what you got on the docket for uh, for resolutions this year? Now, I w- I'd like you to keep in mind that not every resolution has to be something good. It can be like revenge-oriented. Oh what are you trying to you trying to lead me down a path? I'm, I'm just I'm <laughs> oh, just saying. Oh, you know you prefacing yours. I'm just I'm just saying <laughs> that like you don't have to necessarily come out and and do some like you know I'm going to strive this year to attempt to get world peace. Oh, you can come out and say like my goal is to watch that shit burn. <laughs> you know I never really been much much for a resolution, so I I really I don't have one. We don't have one. Damn. That's boring, I know, yeah. but I just really haven't been. You know, like... Could you use this opportunity to say that you was going to be less of a bitch than little Chris? You know, like you had all sorts of stuff you could have said right nah, there. No, I mean, so that's already a given. I don't need a resolution for that. Like, you can, <laughs> you don't make a resolution for something that's already a fact. So... I don't know. If I think if we, uh, if we listen to the tapes for Infinity Friday and Infinity Protocol... Over the course of 2023, I think he's got you beat with calling you a bitch first. <laughs> just, oh, I'm just saying. He can say it all he wants. 
don't make it true. But no, man, I mean, I get it. Um, you know, maybe, maybe years back, but then like, it's like almost setting yourself up because it's, it's a joke, right? It's like a meme for new year's resolutions where people are like, Hey, everybody knows that whatever you say, you're likely going to break it. So I'd rather just not say it. almost like telling somebody your wish, you know, you just don't just live, live your life. Try to do the best you can. That's all. But I want to hear yours now, now that you set that up, what, what, what revenge are you plotting on somebody? I can't just tell you. <laughs> I do. If I do, it's it's like a birthday wish, man. You you say it, you ain't gonna be able to do it. Oh, see, shouldn't have said nothing. Nah, nah, I, I don't. I don't got nothing crazy this year. I think that the only thing I really want to really try to get done is you know we we've talked a little bit about. Uh, me looking at like, you know, expanding education and, and doing more industry search and stuff like that. And I think that I, when I got done with my degree, when I was still in the Navy, I was, I was pretty happy where it was like the whole reason that, you know, and, and when you're doing, you know, the degree on active duty, you know, it, it takes significantly longer than, you know, if you're going to school full time and stuff like that. So I even, you know, in between declaring my associates, cause I had enough credits and finishing up my bachelor's, I refused to take a, a single semester off because I, I knew that, you know, within myself, if I took a break, it was going to be longer than a semester break. I was, it was going to take me a whole lot longer to get back into it than, than it should have, or than I would want it to. So I, I didn't take the break and I, I just grinded it out. And then I took, you know, a, what I believed was a pretty well-deserved break from schooling. Um, always had the, the inclination to say like, Hey, I'd like to, you know, get my master's or something like that. Never really did anything towards it. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm having fun now. Like I'm good. That kind of thing. But I think this year yeah. I might, I'm, I'm, I might get that started. All right. That's pretty good. I guess if I was going to have anything, it's the same, same thing every year. You know, you know, me, it's been a long standing kind of goal for me is to just not have to rely on the man no more. Yep. And rely on myself, everything. So, you know, and, and uh, affinity is the foundation for that. So that's, uh, you know, I can't really say it's a resolution because it may not happen this year, but I'll just call it a goal, a new year's short-term goal. <laughs> there you go. Chris, what's yours? See, I don't really do new year's resolutions. So you just you basically just copied me. Nope. I just when I feel like doing something, I just do it. My right. thing for me, I don't why wait for the new year when I can get started ahead of it. Not really. Exactly. You ain't trying to go into that gym with all those people all crowded on New Year's <laughs> Day. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny as hell, man. I seen a video the other day on, on X. It was, uh, it was like the gym on January 2nd. And it was like all kinds of people in there that have no idea how to use the equipment. Oh yeah. <laughs> the guy's just looking around like, what the fuck? Well, that's, so that's one of the funny things too is, is so like, okay. So right before I did my family vacation, went to Disney, like I broke my toe. And then, um, when we got back, is when my my wife fell ill for uh, a couple of like basically the entire month of November. 
so like i i wasn't going to the gym as much you know i, I got a treadmill at home i got uh you know simple weight set at home so i was doing some stuff at home <clears throat> and i was like uh, like this week or and end of last week like this weekend i'm like you know getting my my bag ready to go to work because i'm like you know going back to work and i'm like yeah you know i'll pack my gym bag go to the gym you know like i'm all healed up from from injury like i'm, I'm good to go that kind of thing and I, I stood at the door on my way out this morning. I just stared at my gym bag on the floor, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do a run on the treadmill when I get home because it's January 2nd, and, like, I know that they know me at the gym I go to, and they ain't going to think nothing of it. But I'm I'm really not trying to, like, <laughs> go in there at 4 p.m. and fight somebody for a, a treadmill or, or something like that. Yep. Yeah, I just I just don't feel like it. I'm like, I got the shit at home. I'll just do that. Yep, just wait a few days for everybody to fall out and not go anymore. Then you'd be all set. Well, the really good thing is that at my gym, that'll definitely happen because um, the gym I go to don't offer no fitness classes at all. And that's usually what keeps people there is because it's something that can like hold them accountable. They're like, oh, well, you know, I got this class, all these people, you know, that kind yep. of shit. But there ain't no classes at this gym. So ain't pe- people going to be there a week and be like, this fucking sucks. I'm out. <laughs> I got to do this shit on my own without somebody <laughs> telling me. <laughs> I mean, good on them if they're, if they're using it, if, if it's the catalyst they need. To, to to get into the gym and have a healthier lifestyle and stuff like that like good good on them uh for, for those that that can't go the distance or, or decide they don't want to man that was a a pretty expensive experiment <laughs> gym memberships are not cheap yeah i mean i don't know why you even commented you ain't seen the inside of a gym uh-huh. in like what 15 20 years it's been a while it's been a long <laughs> while <laughs> So, How much you pay for your gym membership, Paul? Uh, mine's right across the street from work, so I get a deal. It's only like thirty-five bucks a month. That's not bad. That's not for bad. me, but that's like a pretty steep discount. It's like forty percent. So if if it wasn't that, it'd be like in the sixty-five, seventy range. I think I pay forty-five for two people. A word. My, my, that's not bad. My my long running joke is uh, me going into a gym is like a vampire going to church. So yeah, it don't happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. I mean, ain't Blade going to a church once? <laughs> I get, I done it once, done it once or twice. I mean, he was a daywalker though, so you know. <laughs> or a hybrid, he a little different. I don't. But uh, anyway, let's get down to business, right? So. I know we want to talk about a few things, uh, this Fetty protocol that uh, are, are related to recent events and goings on in the in the crypto world, the tech world, and stuff. Like uh, obviously the like the, this market right now, the, the market, what the market's doing, why it's potentially doing it, right? The the Bitcoin ETF uh, scenarios and and things like that. Before we get into that, though. Talked a little bit about this earlier, I know, on the Twitter account or the X account. If you guys see, I put out a tweet probably about a couple hours ago, and I was talking to Paul about it. These crazy amounts of scams that are going on with paid ads right now. That, and that's what really blows my mind is I, I've seen the scams. You see them all over social media, no matter what platform you're on. You're on Facebook, X, Instagram, you know whatever it is, 
but now you're starting to see them a lot as paid ads And the, and the biggest problem with that is there is this assumption people that if you see a paid ad that it's been vetted to a degree, right? It may still be like a, a markup, you know, like somebody doing drop shipping. So it might be a little bit of a markup kind of thing. And it's not really a scam, but you're definitely paying more than you, than you would if you just went somewhere else. Uh, but these are outright scams. We're talking, uh, you know, wallet drainers, uh, you know, people sending you directs you to a website. That's literally going to install a key logger. If you, if you, uh, install it and this is happening, it's crazy. Sorry, I had to run and get some water. Uh, so, well, I think it's also important to note that that's a pretty significant shift in the model of the scam, right? Because, you know, we saw it. Man, I can't remember. I think it was an Affinity Friday tweet that you put out um, uh, talking about how we were having Affinity Friday or whatever. Yeah. And, and we talked about it, and there was like 60 or 70 comments because one person had put in a comment saying like, Hey, I'm basically having a trust wallet problem. And there was all these different, like obviously <laughs> fake accounts all saying the same thing. Like, Oh, trust wallet support. Go here. Trust wallet support. Go here. Like yeah. the almost like co copy paste. Right. Yep. So the fact that, that people are, are, you know, for lack of a better term, setting up a, a, a social media botnet to be able to bombard people with comments and, and stuff like that. They could do the same thing with, you know, setting up uh, a, a, so so to speak, botnet of posts that could be marketing, uh, you know, scams and, and stuff like that. To have it now shift into paid advertisements is, I think, a lot more significant than some people might realize. Because that is a huge change from the normal because it's pretty obvious that the bot problem on places like X has not been solved, even though it was said that it was going to be solved and stuff like that. It is quite obviously not been solved whatsoever. Yep. And on top of that, not only has that part been either successful or like, you know, like that, that, um, uh, that demographic of people that are going to fall for it are tapped out of the, the bot that now they've shifted to paid advertisements because it brings in a whole new clientele base. I mean, there was someone on X that was talking about the, uh, they're like a, a wallet security creator and they got got on one of these fucking scams yeah because they thought they was getting an airdrop of a token that they were supposed to to get and they clicked on the link and it ended up not being good for them so like it's 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 crazy to think about it like you know i i, I hate making it like talking it up like oh my god this is huge but like it is a big deal because it's a significant change from a lot of the previous scams that we saw really before this, you know, the crypto winter set in, uh, you know, two years ago. But yeah. And, and like you said, when you, when you're dealing with just bots that are doing comments or posts, those get overlooked because if I'm not following people that they're following or they don't pop up in my timeline for whatever reason, whatever the algorithm is saying that they should be there or shouldn't be there. Uh, I may never see them, but when you're paying for ads, those are targeted and depending on how much they're paying, if they're, I mean, if they're making money off of this scam and they're reinvesting in their scam, they could be potentially paying thousands of dollars to post these ads, which then is going to increase their visibility and targeted towards a specific demographic. They can literally just target people that are talking about anything that they put in there, um, as, as a target. And those people will see the ad and it, 
you know, right now what's going on and, and it's going to get more prevalent as the market uh, increases um, is things like I, I've seen three of them today that were airdrops. Oh, click here for an airdrop. Uh, click here for this. And, and if they mimic things that are real, people want airdrops, right? Airdrops is actually a very lucrative way to make some easy, quote unquote, easy money uh, in, in crypto if you get the right ones legit ones and the ones that actually do something later on because it's usually free you know so of course that's going to target some people that are uh, you know are willing to take that risk it's crazy yeah, and then the, the, yeah the fact that it's paid advertisements now that there's community notes underneath the ads saying like this is a scam yeah. <laughs> All that kind of shit. And then just like you put on X today, like, or, or yesterday or whenever it was, like, here we are having ads pending getting approved by Twitter for a fucking legitimate software company yep. just to market ourselves. But fucking scam artist A, B, and C, they all fucking good. And what's crazy, too, is, like, you, um... I don't know if you've ever seen like some of the, the TikToks or the, the Facebook reels or whatever the fuck they're called of, you know, where you got guy in California just going up to people on the street being like, how much is your bank account right now? And then like yep. they, they say it and they'd be like, oh, what do you do? Boy, when I tell you, I've seen like four of those where somebody on there be like, oh, I'm a crypto scammer. It I have never in my really? entire you life. Did? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, they're, oh, they're like, oh, yeah, I got like 150 grand. And he's like, oh, show me. And they, of course, he shows it. And they're like, oh, damn, what do you do for a living? I'm a crypto scammer. Wow. Bro, I have, I've never in my life said, you know what? I want to pick up and move to fucking California. But then I saw these videos, <laughs> and that's where these videos are happening. And I just want to, like, find that dude and follow him as he's asking people. And the next person that is like, I'm a crypto scammer, just beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> And like as I'm hitting them, just be saying like stupid shit like you're the fucking reason we can't have nice fucking crypto. Beating them up like Ralphie on Christmas story. Like, <laughs> when he got that, uh, that bully pinned down. Bro, uh, I'm telling you, I, I I never in my life thought that I would like think actually like legitimately think like I'm gonna move to California. Until I seen those TikToks, and now like all I can think about is like I could get an extended vacation going out there. And, that's you know, wild. As they're admitting it, like on camera. Oh, shit. oh yeah, that's, dude. That's what I'm saying. That's wild. Like I just, I just want to find that dude walking around asking questions. Be like, yo, man. Like I'm, I'm gonna tell him. Be like, I just, I'm just here to like say something funny in the background in case somebody say something. You know, whatever. Have him be like, all right, cool, yeah, sure, sure. Be like, I'll even, I'll be like, I even hold the camera for you. Like, you know, help out <laughs> a little bit. Like, I'll be your cameraman for the day. Give, give your boy the day off. You know, I'll, I'll do it for free. No problem. <laughs> as yeah. soon as I record somebody say, crypto scam, you're going to see the camera drop. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, and it's... Like you said, the, the, the paid version, and, and we did. We legitimately... I have ads right now that after the other ones expired because they pen... They, what happens is they go into pending and then they're supposed to review them. And then after the review, they either reject it and say, Hey, you need to change this, or this is why we rejected it, or they approve it and it starts running. So I've had some get rejected in the past over little things and then I have to change it and, and whatever. So I know they're doing some sort of review, but I've had my last probably seven of them. 
stuck in pending for so many days that they never ran because they lapsed the time that they were supposed to end if they ran. You know, if I haven't run for three, four days, the fourth day comes and it expires. And I had one the other day that got approved hours after it expired. I got the email saying, hey, your ad's approved. And I went back and looked. I said, I thought that one was supposed to expire. And sure as shit, it was already expired, but they approved it. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, like you said, these scammers with the phishing links and the fake airdrops and all that, I, I have no idea why they're getting approved, why they're not getting the scrutiny that, you know, we are and legitimate companies probably are. But bottom line is be careful out there. It's not... It's no longer the days where it's just email or, you know, the obvious comments underneath posts. They're getting real crafty. These ads, I seen one today. I, I can't say 100% that it's a scam because I didn't. I seen it like right before the protocol. But I'm pretty sure it is. It looks like an XRP video of their CEO talking about something. And they overlaid what I assume is AI voice or something talking about an airdrop. That's eligible for everybody. I'm pretty damn certain that's a scam. Uh, the only reason oh, I'm not guaranteed. Yeah, I'm not going to say 100% because I don't want to badmouth somebody in case it really is. Uh, but like, it's it's definitely scammy. Uh, so be careful out there because, like I said, the videos are like really good. They they're very convincing, and then the fact that they're paid ads gives people that peace of mind, thinking that X did their due diligence and would have weeded out scams. They are not. Oh, and, and, and fuck. Forget even, like, AI voiceovers, man. Like, deepfakes nowadays are, are a thing. That's, like, yeah. it's a, a pretty big part of, of AI modeling, realistically. And who's stopping, you know, somebody from making some sort of deepfake video of, like, what you're saying, but instead of it being a voiceover, it's, it's a, a deepfake of somebody from a legitimate company saying, like, click this fucking link. Yep. Crazy world out there, man. But we'll get through it. Just be vigilant. Don't give nobody your money and use armor. Oh, enough about so. that shit, though. So, so we talking good things happening in the market right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been paying attention. Uh, BNB's up pretty good. Bitcoin was up at, uh, what, 45K today? Something like that. I think it peaked at like 47 or was that yesterday? I, I, I don't remember. I don't watch it that hard. Of course, now that I say it, that, you know, it's going to be trash. Oh, no, it's at 45 uh, too right now. Yeah, just under 46 is where it peaked. Oh, yeah, so 45.3. Not bad. Yeah. I mean, BNB had a good surge. It's up at 313. We thought it was going to have a bigger pullback than it did, and it's... Kind of now stabilizing at that 310, 315 level. Yeah, a lot of things going, uh, they, yeah, they went up and they're going a little sideways, I think, waiting on, you know, whatever kind of news and all that other stuff that's going on. I think, I think that, it, uh, I mean, again, not financial advice. I think it's going to kind of play out how we had discussed where, you know, I mean, shit, there was a, I was scrolling through X today when I had a couple minutes at work. And there was a, uh, a spaces going about, you know, BTC ETF, when to sell. So I, I think that it's going to be a sell the news scenario and there's going to be a drawback. And then 
the the big players are going to take advantage of that draw that drawback or that pullback and really spring forward with it. But that's my personal opinion. I have no idea how it's going to play out. Yeah, nobody nobody does. That's the reality of it, you know. So let's talk about that for a minute. The, what can happen? Different scenarios and what's actually going on and. And it makes me a little nervous, right? It's exciting at the same time, but it also makes me nervous for a couple reasons. Uh, one, it seems like, on the surface at least, with with uh, you know, without deep diving into really the fundamentals of the crypto market right now, that there's one catalyst that's kind of propping up and holding the market right here and driving this upward movement, and that is this talk about the Bitcoin ETFs. So that's what makes me a little bit nervous, but in an exciting way, because like you said, it could go, well, let's not even talk about if it doesn't get approved, right? Because we we all know <laughs> what's likely to happen there. I mean, it's not going to be good for the market. The market is not going to react well at all if, uh, if it's flat out rejected. Uh, if it's pushed off and kicked the can down the road, uh, it's still probably not going to be great, again, in my opinion. Probably not going to be great, but less of a sell-off or less of a negative reaction than if it's flat-out denied. Um, but let's let's just assume that the market is right. Let's assume that, you know, everybody that's been talking about it, the big uh, CNBC is talking about it now, uh, you know. Oh, well, so I guess the bit, well, so before you go there, yeah. the bigger question is going to be, are the big players ready? Because <clears throat> yeah. to pretend that there is no other kind of manipulation being had right now is would be extremely naive and i i will readily say that publicly i don't care so if the big players aren't ready you're probably looking at an extension before decision is made so do you like just flat out guess do you think the big players are ready i think they are if if not there's gonna there's gonna be an extension guaranteed i think they are and again that's what makes me nervous and i'm going to compare this for a moment to the equity markets even though they are, are different, there's some f- fundamental things that are the same, especially when you're dealing with the big players. Manipulation is their game. So uh, the reason I think that they are ready is because you're seeing people that are like, you know, the analysts on CNBC. You're now seeing Jim Cramer talk about how great Bitcoin is. These are the things that they pay for, right? You look, you're talking about BlackRock, right? They have like billions and trillions of dollars. They're all over the place. They they literally pay to manipulate markets all the time. Individual stocks, the entire market, whatever they want. They're the ones that are funding the news that drives the, the financial markets. They are. Look it up. There's tons of information that out there that shows how they do it. Putting out the negative news when they want to buy. Putting out the positive news right before they want to sell. That's the point I'm getting at. There is a lot of positive news right now. There is a lot of people talking about it. Uh, All these major networks, these analysts, they're talking about how the approval is hours away or days away and that, you know, Bitcoin's the greatest thing ever. Uh, People that never really talk about it or were talking shit about Bitcoin and now all of a sudden, you know, the biggest supporters. That makes me a bit nervous. Uh, You know, just from my experience and what I've seen in the equity markets, Again, this is a new animal. It's crypto. It's, it could be different. I don't know. But it makes me nervous. 
because if they're doing that much talking and that much positivity and all that other thing, it's no different than when you see influencers on social media pumping a shit token and talking very positive about and trying to get everybody on board. What normally follows that, right? That good old dump. Yeah. And, and, and again, that's what makes me a little nervous. I really hope that's not the case. Um, but that is one scenario. That is one very I, good, strong possibility. I think the market is primed for a comeback. I mean, this yes. is literally two years in the making at this point. Whether or not the the proposal of a Bitcoin ETF was, you know, even conceptualized two years ago at the start of this crypto winter or, or not, I think that the market is primed for a comeback. I think that people want there to be a comeback in the market. So, you know big players have enough money to really, really, like you said, sway opinion, but they, you know, they have the money to sway the charts as well. They could start, start a sell the news crash if they're not careful with it and they, they dump it too much or, or whatever the case may be. I, God, man, I, I wish I knew how this played out. Not, not to try to get on the positive side of trading things, but just to know, like, is there light at the end of the tunnel for ending crypto winter and, and coming into a, a better market overall. Because if, if you look at it, when, when I say the market's ready to go, look at the, you know, the market capitalization of crypto itself before the this huge bear market started is, you know, it was up at like the, what, two and a half, almost $3 trillion mark. Yeah, and something like since that. then it's been sitting at like almost under a trillion, right? Like maybe just a little bit, maybe a little over, but around the 1 trillion mark. So like the whole market is still, you know, 66.66% down from its all-time high of market capitalization for for all of crypto. Yeah. And it's not like that money has just disappeared, right? Yeah. Like it's it's there, it's just not in crypto at the moment. So I'm I'm hoping that there's people that are ready this market to take a swing and and to get some money back into crypto and turn it into something good yeah and i I think you're right but and i think that happens in one of two scenarios i i think inevitably personal opinion here i think inevitably that happens but it's going to happen in one of two ways either it plays out in the first scenario that we're talking about where they're potentially manipulating it to get people to buy at a higher uh, rate to kind of drive things up. And then they will dump on people, drive the market down a little bit, get retail sellers to sell because that's what they do in the stock market. They, they cause panic. They get retail, which is people like you and I, to sell. They come up behind them, buy it all up cheap. And then they drive the market up and they allow it to go up because they just scooped up a bunch cheap that you just dumped. That's exactly how they manipulate the stock market. That is a potential of what they're doing here. One of the key differences is they may not have the leverage that they do in the stock market, right? Because they're getting in. Everybody talks about early, but we'll just call them late because obviously, you know, Bitcoin's been around for quite a while. Um, compared to like when they get into stocks, a lot of these companies get into stocks like really early, like at the inception of the stock. So they have a lot of leverage to be able to manipulate it where they own 10, 15% of the entire supply. They can manipulate it very easily. They're not going to be able to do that as well with Bitcoin. So they're going to rely mostly on news. They're going to rely on manipulating the sentiment, not necessarily being able to manipulate, 
you know, like physically buying and dumping as much because it's going to be hard for them to acquire enough to be able to do that. So it's going to be more of a news thing and more of a sediment control. Well, um, and I, th- I think it's going to happen a lot slower than people realize. I don't think it's going to be a, you go to bed and wake up one morning and the market has gone 50% in, in either direction. Because the other huge difference, which is one of the biggest reasons that you got really interested in, in crypto originally, is that there is no market close. There is no market open. Yeah. So traditional stocks, man, there's like, what, six hours of trading, seven hours of trading? Uh, D- don't, yeah, yeah, nine to four. D- during the, you can, there's a lot that, you, that can happen, one, during those hours, and then two, there's even more that can happen that are going to get orders ready prior to market open that happens when the market's n- closed. And I think that sometimes that can have a bigger impact than uh, any kind of panic sell or, you know, ripened buy on market open or or close to market closes. You know, we've seen it before, like looking at what futures are looking like when you're looking at a stock and stuff like that. And it's just from what's happened when the market has been closed. I think that with a market that's open 24/7, we're not going to see we're going to we're going to see a difference, but it's not going to be, you know, a a huge green candle or a, or you know, a huge dip or anything like that. I think it's going to be a little bit more gradual than what people are thinking. I actually kind of hope so, right? Cuz I I think, you know, uh chasing or either in either direction uh causes a lot of chaos and a lot of volatility. So yeah, I hope it actually does happen a little bit more gradual I mean, than and don't get me wrong there's gonna be, there's gonna be changes and I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not i'm just not saying it's not gonna 2x or, or 10x overnight but it's also not gonna drop by by that much overnight also it's there's gonna be some swings there's gonna be some 15 to you know 35 45 swings in either direction but i think that ultimately if if the end if the end result is that the market is up close to what bitcoin's all-time high was which was like you know high 60s uh high 60s right 67 68 65 i think right but wherever it was up there generally i i think if if the ultimate goal is to see get back to that all-time high ish and have that kind of establish a new floor i think we would get there i just don't think people i don't i don't think it's going to get there in a matter of weeks i think it's going to be a matter of months of it kind of trickling up so slowly that you don't really realize it until people are putting out the post and being like, Oh my God, Bitcoin all time high. And then you're like, Holy shit. Like four or five months ago it was here and now we're here. But like, it, it just, it doesn't happen immediately. Yeah. That would be the healthy way for it to happen. And you know, it's important to know, and let's talk about some, some, more positive stuff rather than what could potentially happen to the negative side too. But if it goes that way, let's assume, let's play the, another assume game here. Let's assume that they are not manipulating it to potentially sell off and, and whatever. And this thing gets approved or, or a few of them get approved and the market accepts it and it's not already baked in. And, and we start seeing a climb. We don't see really any sell off, which you might see a little bit, you know, let's say you don't see really any significant sell off. The market accepts it. Everybody decided and it starts a rise, right? You're seeing 2% gains, 3% here and there, maybe a little 5% day in attempts or whatever. The way an ETF works in its core is when you look at the difference between an ETF 
And again, I'm going to talk about the equity markets because this is where the ETFs are going to reside. Even though it is a Bitcoin ETF, it is going to reside on the equity markets, on the stock market. So an ETF functions very similar to a mutual. One of the major differences is the ETF is actually a tradable um, asset on the stock market where uh, a mutual fund is usually you know, held by a company with a manager that is actually uh, buying and selling in a collection of stocks and all ETFs and all kinds of other things on your behalf. Uh, you're not you're not trading a mutual fund as a ticker on the stock market. Um, so when you look at an ETF, when it comes to a commodity, a spot commodity ETF, like the gold ETF, for instance, uh, for example, it's backed by gold. It's backed by the asset, and it is traded based on the actual price of that asset at the time you are buying it. So if I'm going to buy a few shares of an ETF that is gold and gold's trading at $1,247, that's what I'm paying. And then based on the price of gold going up and down is going to be the value of my, my ETF. That's how this Bitcoin ETF is going to work. So they are going to be purchasing or have purchased or whatever a Bitcoin in order to back the spot ETF the price that you are going to pay on the equity market is going to be whatever the price Bitcoin is at the time you buy it. It's not a futures. Futures are a little different. So the other difference, the other, the other thing that's uh, important to note is kind of think of this almost like a, the way stable coins work. So the, uh, the supply for the amount that's available to buy an ETF varies based on the backing and the price of Bitcoin at the time. So it, it is going to essentially like mint and burn, um, but that's not what it's called the equity markets. They're going to issue and, and, and uh, you know, uh, retract some of the available shares for this ETF based on how much backing they have. So if it takes off and there's a lot of interest in it, if they want it to be more available to more customers, they are going to have to buy more Bitcoin. That's how it works. So that's where it could be very beneficial for the price of Bitcoin. That's where it could be. But again, last thing I want to say on that is it's still major institutions that are very, very manipulative and at their core corrupt. So I know we're excited because this means we've always talked about institutional involvement and them opening the door. We just got to be real careful here and what we wish for. Oh, well, I mean, we've said it time and time again, though, there's yes. going to be growing pains. It's quote, quote some Spider-Man bullshit. Great power comes great responsibility and they have no responsibility. So we know that much, <laughs> but <clears throat> there's, there's obviously going to be growing pains, but if you're this is where it's a double-edged sword right because you're going to have better adoption practices on a societal scale but the drawback is is that you have to deal with some of these conglomerates getting in here and getting their hands muddied up in the water as well yeah or i should just say washing their hands and muddying the water but yeah <laughs> Either way, it's it, it's a double-edged sword. 
this can play out to be great. This can play out to be absolute fucking garbage. But I mean, that's literally every day in crypto. So no <laughs> difference whatsoever. And think about the possible innovation, though. Right, elaborate that's- on that. Because just like how we saw with the BSD run, yes, there were a lot of scam tokens. I would say 99% of the tokens were scam tokens. We did see innovation that came out of that as well. Um, better blockchains coming out. Um, just different products being built on BSC that, you know, that just helped people make income or just help push the barriers even further. Like, for example, on ETH, um, they're always ever developing. If you look at, like, for example, smart accounts, which is going to be, in my opinion, one of the massive things to help onboard people into crypto because it'd be easier to create as like a bank account, for example. Um, If we do see another big push, we'll see more innovation come out of that as well. But of course, just like Paul was saying, it's a double-edged sword. We will see a lot of scams that come out of it. It's just people need to learn better to look at the actual light. There's going to be innovation. It's going to be both kinds, good and bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's the truth. But at at the same time, I think that the, the conversation that happens when, you know, it's been a trend for a couple of years now. People are saying, oh, we're still early. We're still early. You know, that that gives you the same, whether it's true or not, it gives you the same type of vibe as when Bitcoin was trading for under a dollar a coin, right? Before it really had its huge yeah. takeoff to, to stardom, so to speak. Not saying it's going to be the same thing here at all, but you have to look at the innovation that is current, Versus the innovation that can be expanded on when there's more eyes, because obviously if, if there's money to make, people are going to try to make money, whether it's legitimate or, you know, malicious with with a scam. Yep. If there's money to be made, people are going to do what they can to make the money. So the question with the innovation stuff that comes out is, is it going to be true innovation or is it going to be not necessarily a scam, but just garbage innovation where, you know, you have the trends like you have the, oh, you know, NFT marketplace and metaverse tagline that comes out with every single project or is it going to be there's going to be the true innovation that comes out or is it going to be <clears throat> excuse me is it going to be that the the current innovation and the people like us that have kept to the grind and just continued development cycles during this this bear market when it turns around finally get the light shined on them where they can boast their products that have been tested and are tried and true for new users coming into crypto and have a handful of companies that have been doing it right in that sense really kind of take off. Yeah, and from that angle too, uh, another double-edged sword I want to talk about is uh, regulation. And when when you start getting bigger players like this come into the market, my hope is, you know, it may not be for the right reasons, but hopefully there's some clarity that comes through on the regulation side, because if you think about these, uh, the people that make the regulations at, at the top in, in our political mess of a system, they're always in bed with, with people like BlackRock. So in order for them to, 
I don't want to use the term legitimate because they are very they often don't make legitimate money but uh for in order for them to be able to capitalize off of this uh the best way possible they're gonna have to clarify some things and they're gonna have to open the doors and pave the way for those other agencies to get in for them to be able to make money which will hopefully and this is why I say it could be a double-edged sword because it'll hopefully give clarity for the whole market so everybody including us will have some clarity in which direction we need to go how to properly file paperwork and stay within the, the limits of in the confines of regulation but what I'm hoping we don't see is that they start molding that regulation to benefit only those types of organizations and squeeze out the little guy like we've seen so many times in the past with business well i don't think that there's market cap available to squeeze out the little guy in this that's why i'm talking about via regulation make it really tough for the little guy to operate yeah but then what it's nothing but big player against big player by proxy correct Correct. Man, I was, was feeling all positive for a second. <laughs> you know, new year, new me. And now you're just going to fucking... I was throwing it all out there. Gonna trip me and kick me when I'm down. Got it, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Happy New Year. <laughs> Fuck you. you look at all the angles. You know? Uh, but this is how you prepare, right? If you if you could see all the different angles and the, and the different roads that things could possibly go down... You can best prepare for it and, you know, uh, li align yourself with those, uh, you know, the same types of things that will allow you to continue under those umbrellas of regulation that the big players are playing under. And you can stay ahead of the game. And personally, that's where I think we are going to strive. Not because we are attempting to be like all of these crooked-ass politicians, but because we see the angles and we can see things clearly and as they unfold, we can be nimble and adjust as accordingly. Where I don't think a lot, I mean, think about it, man. You look around uh, any of these circles of, you know, projects and, and all this other shit. And, and I don't think a lot of them can see past their own nose. So it, it's going to be a problem if things get shaken up. Or can you imagine the verbiage that's going to be used in like the terms of agreement for a Bitcoin ETF. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's going to be insane. That's going to be way too long of a doc. They're, they're going to, they're going to fluff that document so much that no one's going to want to read the 400 pages and they're just going to sign it away. <laughs> Even though it could probably say in there that we're just going to take your money and you're never going to get it back. Yep. It's going. It's mine now. <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> throw some South Park in there for you because I know you like it I do I love South Park yep but, you got, got anything else to add into this conversation on ETFs it's just gonna be a, it's gonna be fun I mean you already see it it's gonna be fun watching even more of just different tokens coming out calling themselves the ETF Oh yeah, not wrong. It's already happening. Yep. But once they get approved, it's gonna be even worse. Oh yeah, it's gonna be funny to watch. Because even though 
sad to say that people will fall for it. Some of the reasonings behind, like the names of the tokens and whatnot, are pretty funny sometimes. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the innovation I'm looking forward to. People on the internet are mad funny. <laughs> Obviously, but hey, can we, can we do we have the ability to put up a tweet for 24 hours and then take it down? Uh, no. Man, you. I mean, you have to manually delete it. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, like, we do we have the ability to manually delete it. Oh, I can manually delete anything. That mean people aren't going to screenshot it. I mean, I, I just just to see the engagement if the Bitcoin ETF gets approved, I almost just want to put out a tweet that's like affinity celebrating with the rest of the crypto community and just hashtag every single like major fake milestone that projects have put out throughout the years, like hashtag NFT marketplace, hashtag metaverse, hashtag ETF, (laughs) like just get all of them, right? And just throw a hashtag for every single one of them in a tweet and just put it up for 24 hours just to see like the engagement it gets with like the hype. It, It would definitely, we would have to like mark on it somewhere like this is satire. But like, I, I just want to see the kind of engagement it, it would get and it would push other people to do. Like, I think it'd be hilarious. Should I hashtag Orbital Shield? Or is that too soon? Oh. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go, you go all the way. All right. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. And it will also showcase who actually knows what the hell an ETF is or not. Because think about it, what I describe as a spot ETF. Uh, that is essentially a peg, right? A peg token is an on-chain spot ETF for a single asset, a single asset ETF. I mean, it's a, it's a peg token. Man, you got mad people scribbling notes listening to this right now. That's that's what it is. <laughs> so I mean, you can really consider any any peg is is a spot ETF for that particular token. <laughs> I can only imagine someone who's like trying to, to learn right now so that they can like set up their own scam they're listening they're like, Peg, I'm afraid to Google that. I'll find out what that is later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> don't Google Peg. Don't, don't at least put your adult filter on. <laughs> adult content filter on. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going down some, some wrong paths. Uh, well, you know I was going to say it. I know, right? <laughs> <clears throat> All right, well, we get to the top of the hour, so I want to wrap this up. But, but before we wrap it up, you know, we could talk about uh, any uh, upcoming, uh, you know, Finity Friday and stuff. But I do want to mention the uh, uh, the the WeFunder. Um, I do want to reiterate that it is a, uh, what's called testing the waters. Uh, so it is the pre to the Form C filing and approval. Uh, so essentially if you get in on our WeFunder, uh, which is at wefunder.com slash affinity Inc. You can also find the link if you're interested. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. We only got a couple minutes left, but I did do a whole X space on it. Go to our, uh, affinity official, scroll down a little bit. You'll see a recording. Listen to that. Uh, but if you do decide to take part, um, currently the way it's set up is you're basically, uh, reserving a spot. Uh, they temporarily charge your credit card or whatever you put in there for a payment, and then they almost immediately refund it. It's basically to just verify that you actually have funds and that you are who you are and all that. So basically nobody's going on there and just, 
you know, being stupid and just trying to reserve all kinds of stuff, even though they don't have any money. Um, so we are currently sitting at 33,300. Yes. Of a $50,000, uh, initial goal for the, uh, testing the waters so if you're interested take a look at that if you're not hey more power to you uh no pressure on anybody but check it out uh, but that's how that works right now it is in the testing waters it is not fully out yet so once that becomes live that is when uh we funder will send you another email and say hey everything's good to go now please fund it to secure your investment all right what do we got coming up in the future we got Affinity Friday this Friday, where we'll talk a little bit more about the WeFunder and the marketing behind it and all that fun stuff. Uh, I believe we're still in the same season of marbles. We'll be playing some marbles, okay. at least. Maybe some other games. Yeah, I'm going to try to wrap. I want to give some numbers, too. I want to try to wrap up portions of our financing by then, too, because I, it's going to, I don't know, maybe some people it won't, but it's going to shock some people as to how much uh, was given away last year. So, and I want to be able to report those numbers because it's lots. It's pretty crazy uh, how much. Because, you know, we, we get some people say, oh, well, you know, you got the tax on the token and, and you know, Affinity's getting the, the marketing and then you're getting the rewards. Yeah, no, the community is basically getting the rewards uh, coming back in the, uh, in the, uh, in the Affinity Friday. So, Anything else? Nah, man. It's Infinity Friday coming up. Infinity Friday. All right, Chris, you got anything else that you want to mention before we wrap up? Nah, not really. Nah. All right, coming from the bitch himself, Chris got nothing. Uh, no! So <laughs> got him! <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't really have, uh, much either. I just wish everybody a happy new year. Uh, and enjoy what you got. Keep an eye on the markets. Uh, don't let anything get away from you. Do your research. Do your research. Limit your risk. And, uh, don't let anybody shake you out either. But keep an eye on things. Hell yeah. So until next time. That's going to do it for us on this Affinity Friday. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you to everybody at DV Radio for hosting us and all the work that Bo puts in. So until next oh, time. Z no, Zifter is, is egging me on here. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> he threw in chat. He said, stay classy, San Diego. Like, I'm not about to tell him to go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Stay classy, Affinity. We're out. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter.